flinching at the soft touch of someone brushing past you. The sound of every creak in the house make you jump. Or maybe the regression of the past when you were laying on the floor next to that wall might have triggered a memory. You might think there is no possibility of leaving the never-ending nightmare, even though you're finally free. I'm Joyce Grace, and this is Shots of Endorphins. interesting topics I have always been passionate about and would love to delve into more with you guys. In this episode, we'll be diving into the faces of all types of domestic violence, how to identify it, and its repercussions. Remember guys, all information was taken out of many different sources solely used for educational purposes. Please take note that there is some content on this show that will be explicit and can be triggering. Now without further ado, On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. During one year, this equates to more than 10 million women and men. And it happens to people of all ages, races, and walks of life. The image many people have is of a woman who has been physically beaten by her partner. But domestic violence encompasses so much more. It includes rape, sexual assault, robbery, and aggravated and simple assault committed by intimate partners, immediate family members, or other relatives, then victims can be men, women, children, people with disabilities, etc, etc. Domestic violence should not be overlooked. In a domestic violence situation, the presence of a gun increases the risk of homicide by 500%, according to a study published by the American Journal of Public Health. Primacy makes a woman uniquely vulnerable, and an already volatile relationship can escalate to abuse quickly. Pregnant women are twice as likely to be murdered and abused as non-pregnant women of the same age. 16% of all murdered victims were killed by an intimate partner, usually a current or ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse. However, fully half of all female homicide victims in the United States are killed by a current or former male intimate partner, according to the CDC. Bruises or broken bones are tiny fractions of the overall health effects of experiencing domestic violence. Victims of domestic violence, especially at the hands of their partner, are at higher risk for cardiovascular, gastrointestinal, reproductive, musculoskeletal, and nervous system conditions, many of which are chronic in nature. In addition, survivors experience a higher rate of mental health problems such as depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. Unfortunately, it's much easier to abuse someone without getting caught if you do it in private, and 77% of all domestic violence assaults occur in or near the victim's homes. Not only does this have physical consequences, But it is also mental abuse by taking away the one place where someone should always feel safe. Violence against women remains devastatingly pervasive and starts alarmingly young, showing new data from WHO and partners. Across their lifetime, one in three women, around 736 million, are subjected to physical or sexual violence by an intimate partner 
or sexual violence from a non-partner, a number that has remained largely unchanged over the past decade. This violence starts early. One in four young women ages between 15 to 24 years old who have been in a relationship will have already experienced violence by an intimate partner by the time they reach their mid-20s. Intimate partner violence is by far the most prevalent form of violence against women globally, affecting around 640 million. However, 6% of women globally report being sexually assaulted by someone other than their husband or partner. Given the high levels of stigma and underreporting of sexual abuse, the true figure is likely to be significantly higher. But violence disproportionately affects women living in low and lower middle income countries. An estimated 37% of women living in the poorest countries have experienced physical and or sexual intimate partner violence in their life, with some of these countries having a prevalence as high as 1 in 2. The regions of Oceania, Southern Asia, and Sub-Saharan Africa have the highest prevalence rates of intimate partner violence among women ages between 15 to 49, ranging from 33% to 51%. The lowest rates are found in Europe with 16 to 23%, Central Asia, which is 18%, Eastern Asia, which is 20%, and Southeastern Asia with 21%. Meanwhile, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, nearly 1 in 10 men in the United States have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner and reported at least one measure impact related to experiencing these or other forms of violent behavior in the relationship. For example, being fearful, concern for safety, post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms, need for health care, injury, contacting a crisis hotline, need for housing services, need for victims advocate services, need for legal services, missed at least one day of work or school. 13.4% of male high school students report being physically or sexually abused by a dating partner. 48.8% of men have experienced at least one psychologically aggressive behavior, being kept track by a demanding to know his whereabouts, insulted or humiliated, or felt threatened by partner's actions by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Four in 10 men have experienced at least one form of coercive control, isolation from friends and family, manipulation, blackmail, deprivation of liberty, threat, economic control, and exploitation, and exploitation by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Approximately 1 in 71 men in the United States reported being raped in their lifetime, which translates to almost 1.6 million men in the United States. 8% of men have experienced sexual violence other than rape, which is forced to penetrate someone, sexual coercion, unwanted sexual contact, and non-contact unwanted sexual experiences by an intimate partner at some point in their lifetime. But many people have the misconception that domestic violence is only about one spouse hitting another. 
However, domestic violence goes deeper than just physical violence. Here, I'm going to give you some insights into other behaviors that fall into the category of domestic violence to bring awareness and understanding to this intense topic. According to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors used by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. Some patterns of domestic violence behaviors go beyond the physical, which sometimes can be worse since it's not visible to the naked eye. Many people aren't aware that emotional abuse that occurs in domestic violence situations can have a long-lasting effect and, in some cases, take greater emotional toll on domestic violence victims than physical abuse. Emotional abuse is present in domestic violence relationships when one partner deliberately attacks the emotions of another with an intent to undermine their overall well-being. Common forms of emotional abuse are name-calling, shaming, and withholding affection. Name-calling can cause a person to feel worthless, as over time they may internalize the insults being used as another form of a weapon. Shaming makes the victim feel ashamed of themselves, whether it be in the form of their physical appearance, the way they think, or other characteristics that are indistinguishable part of their personality. Withholding affection is a common tactic of domestic violence abusers used to make their victims feel small, isolated, and alone. Ironically, the results of emotional withdrawal is usually the victim trying hard to get the attention and affection of their abuse to ease the feelings of isolation and loneliness. But be aware that getting into an argument, being mad, and saying something you regret doesn't always entail emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is a constant humiliation, insulting, or unneeded criticism of someone. Gaslighting is a common form of emotional abuse that domestic violence perpetrators use to keep their victims off balance, confused, and questioning the validity of their reality. Another form of domestic abuse is sexual abuse. When people think of sexual violence, they often imagine a rape where the perpetrator is a stranger. However, sexual abuse and assault can, and often does, happen between intimate dating and married partners. Consenting to date, marriage, and relationship is not consenting to sex at someone else's whim 100% of the time. Sexual harassment and sexual violence are domestic violence that appears in some married and dating relationships. Being forced by your partner to have sex without your consent is a big no-no that is considered sexual abuse. For example, your partner making unwanted sexual advances or comments towards you and you have to constantly ask them to stop is sexual harassment. But you and your partner have the right to choose when and where you have sex. The timing of your sexual engagements should be a mutual decision between couples. A lot of people don't know this, but financial abuse is a thing. Financial abuse occurs in intimate relationships when one partner is preventing the other from having access to and managing their finances. Financial abuse has occurred when one spouse prevents the other from having a job or furthering their education to increase their financial prospects. 
The financially abused partner has no access to individual or joint resources and has to become dependent on their partner for meeting basic everyday needs and expenses. When financial abuse is present in relationships where both partners are employed, they require the abused partner to turn over all their earnings to the partner who is considered as being in charge. This is normally stated to the abused partner as being for their own good. As a result, the financially abused partner feels controlled as they have no say over their own lives. And as you may have guessed, another abuse can come in the form of controlling behavior, or in other words, being possessive. A subtle form of abuse that many domestic violence victims aren't aware of is controlling behavior. Controlling behavior happens when one partner tries to control the movements of the other partner, usually 100% of the time. Sometimes, the victim victim doesn't know that they are being controlled, often overriding it as being possessively cute or a little bit jealous. The following are examples of four controlling behaviors that are often present in domestic violence relationships. 1. Your partner tracks the gas mileage in your vehicle every time you leave the house. 2. Monitoring your phone calls and social media accounts or demanding your cell phone passwords. Three. Your partner doesn't allow you to have any alone time, even when you ask directly. 4. Your partner feels it's their responsibility to handpick your friends and associates as you find your social circle getting smaller. If someone ever told you that they can't do something because of their partner, then that's often a sign that this person is being controlled by their supposed loved one. If you see someone who isn't allowed to have friends of the opposite sex, or they can't go out by themselves, there is a high likelihood that this person is being controlled. Not paying attention to this, controlling behaviors often escalate into other damaging behaviors, including physical violence. Controlling behaviors is an overt form of domestic violence that can have lasting results and affect the quality of your relationship for the rest of your life. What makes domestic violence so prevalent is that many people aren't aware that domestic violence is a cycle that needs to be broken. Understanding how the cycle of violence works can help abused victims and abusers to learn what is driving these violent actions. But you must understand that the cycle of domestic violence operates in three phases. Phase 1 tension building. During the tension building phase, tensions in the relationship are building towards a violent incident. They may be instances of insults, gaslighting, and threats that begin to heighten during this stage. Phase 2. Abusive incidents. The tension breaks and an abusive incident occurs. The incident may be physical, emotional, or verbal. Abuse victims are often afraid and unsure how to react as their world seems upside down in this stage. Phase 3 Honeymoon Phase The tension has broken and the abuse incident has passed. At this stage, abusers often show remorse for their actions and apologizes to the victim. Victims may accept the apology not knowing that this is a cycle that will begin again and again or because they have no other option and nowhere else to go. I would like to share with y'all two short tragedies of people that were stuck in different abuses but had the same results. 
The 2014 tragedy of Jordan Peter Skaggs lived and graduated from Fort Defiance in 2001. By 2014, she was living in Onslow County, North Carolina with her husband, Christopher Michael Skaggs, and their three children. The sheriff said the couple's six-year marriage had a history of abuse. Deputies went to the home in response to a report of gunshots. They found Jordan Skaggs shot to death and recovered a gun at the scene. Christopher Skaggs, a war veteran, has been charged with murder. In the same year, Diane M. Napoleon, of 56, was killed by her live-in boyfriend, Roger V. Gigi Jr., of 57. Napoleon's son, who was described as having mental challenges, told police he lived in the home with his mother's corpse for four days and Gigi's body for two before he called the police. After Gigi killed Napoleon, the man waited two days before crawling into the couple's bed with her body and shooting himself in the head. Now the real question is, how can you end the cycle of domestic violence? One of the common questions people ask victims is, why didn't you just leave? Financial dependence forces many domestic violence victims to stay because they have no way to support themselves as their abusers has isolated them from close friends and family. Meanwhile, physical and psychological abuse can withhold the victim, making them feel incompetent and unloved by anyone. Learning how domestic violence happens and gaining access to support services and resources like online therapy is a good place to start along the pathway of ending the cycle. If you are in a domestic violence situation, calling a domestic violence hotline is also a first good step. The National Domestic Violence Hotline may help as well. Always consider your surroundings and safety when reaching out for domestic violence support. Reach out for help in the most discreet way possible by calling your local authorities or national domestic hotline if you are being closely monitored or if you are in immediate danger. Whatever is your case, don't wait to take action at the last minute. Your life is more important than whatever voices bring you down. Don't listen to it. No one deserves to be abused, women or men alike. And yes, I know it's easier said than done, but you can do it! There are so many resources out there just at the tip of your fingers, ready for you to snatch it up. Whether it be national or international wise, there is always something or someone ready to help out. I give my full 1000% support to those people out there who are in the process or have been in this situation and are recuperating their lives. It's hard to go through this tough situation, but know that there is always help if you seek it. As the saying goes, if there is a will, there is a way. My biggest and warmest hugs to each and every one of you. And know that although we're at a distance, there's always a friend you can count on right here. Be smart, stay safe, and take action. episode on shots of endorphins was produced by me joyce grace and a shout out to my research team if y'all enjoyed shots of endorphins well you're in luck 
This podcast has its very own website now, so you can visit and listen at shotsofendorphins.com. You can also help support this podcast by clicking on the support tab as well. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram by searching up Shots of Endorphins or subscribing to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming services you're listening to. And when you do, don't forget to shoot me a greeting. It's nice to meet new people. As always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to smile. Smile.